This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. Yo. There's certain things that I can talk to you about that I can't really with my dad. I don't think we should talk about oh. this. Hi, this is Jen from Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen, and I'm here with Lynn today. I'm looking forward to our discussion, Jen. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun. So... I have a little bit of an announcement before we start with today's discussion. Just wanted to thank you, if you're listening, for being our listener and wanted to let you know that we have moved our podcast and the new address is ltas.podbean.com. So please go check out our new home and subscribe. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So getting on to today's topic... I want to thank one of our listeners for bringing it to my attention. We're going to be talking about the kiss, the one that the New York Times defined as an unwanted kiss on American Idol. And so we're going to talk, I think, a little bit about why we don't think necessarily unwanted kiss is the right phrase for this. But really, let's just go into what happened. So it was American Idol. Katy Perry is the judge. And the the boy is Benjamin Glaze, and at the time he was 19 years old, and and he was auditioning obviously to be an American Idol. Do you want to talk about what happened? Well, I think what's interesting about it, and just to say that we've watched it a couple of times, so we got a sense of what happened. Though it's never the same as being there and being present and being part of the situation, but. Um, Benjamin was um, had not yet sung his songs on the show, and he was talking with the three judges, kind of joking with them. It was also the season opener, which I think is important to say. And you let me know that it was Katie's first time being a judge in this situation. But he revealed to the three judges, and one of them was Lionel Richie, and I forget who the third person was, but to all three that... Um, he had never been kissed. And um, when this happened, Katie kind of summoned him up to the judge's stage there and, uh, you know, leaned over and kissed him on the cheek. And then he he, responded. He kisses her on the... uh, Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, he's somewhat responsive at that point, but looks a little bit shell-shocked even with that. But then, you know, it kind of evolves and Katie then kisses him kind of squarely on the lips and he falls down to the floor and um, it clearly reacts to this. Um, He's an accomplished entertainer, even at this age, at 19, and he manages to get up. And as the the Times said, his uh, performance maybe wasn't as stellar as it otherwise might have been, barring this kind of situation. But he goes on to sing, and I think to say fairly, he wrote his own song, which is a great thing for any age in saying that, but um, then expressed 
uh, later that he was concerned uh, about this. He thought a lot about it. And it was not the way he expected his first kiss to be. Hi, what's your name? My name is Benjamin Glaze. I'm 19 years old. Well, hello. And uh, what do you do for work, Benjamin? I'm a cashier at an electronics store. But I love it because sometimes there's cute girls and they're not going anywhere without saying hi. You get a cute girl to say hi to you because they got to check out. has a racket already. Wow. Come on. (laughs) Have you kissed a girl and liked it? No, I've never been in a relationship. Really? I, I can't kiss a girl without being in a relationship. Come here, Ben. Yeah, come no, here. Come wait, on. hold no, on. Come here. Come on, come on. Come here right now. Come here. You, you can't come here right now. Come here. Right come now. Come here. Come here. Stop. What, on the cheek? Mm-hmm. You didn't even make the smush sound. Right, right, okay, okay. Let me start on, over. Let me start over. Okay. Okay. Oh! And he fell down. He fell yeah. down. He went, he went, he went. No, you did it. Oh my Very gosh. That was well, so that's good. that's a first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry. That's a first. Katie is the first. Anyways, Benjamin. How was it? <laughs> How was it? Never oh, don't ask. even try Never and get cocky ask. now. You go, yeah. Benjamin, all right, all right. sing for us now. All right. Might have been the kiss of death. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you have any any water by chance? Why? What happened? You get nervous? He's still trying to recover from the kiss. What do you think? <laughs> it's just I I, I kind of wasn't expecting. Can that. we get Benjamin Here, some water? Give him some water. Get the boy some damn scope and breath mints and. Uh... Are you gonna be okay, Benjamin? <laughs> you all right? Because I mean uh, I, that was a little... major deal. I mean that was. Major. Oh yeah, that was. A Your first deal. kiss was Katy Perry. You understand me? That's. Wow. That's going up on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. What has this show turned into? All right, let's let him sing, Lionel. Let's let him sing. Go for it. Yeah, and I think some important things to highlight there are it was framed as sort of a whole joking, we're all having fun type of situation, right? So he's obviously sort of presented as this very innocent country boy and the judge, the one that you forgot, is Luke Bryan. And so Luke (laughs) Bryan is the one who asks him, you know, as a riff on Katy Perry's famous song, have you kissed a girl and liked it? And so that's when Benjamin admits that he's never been in a relationship because you can't kiss a girl without being in a relationship. And so I think there were a couple things that in watching it were very disturbing and it's been a polarizing experience or it's it's one because it's so well broadcasted so many people watch it but also because in the age of me too it really raises questions about you know was that sexual harassment was it okay is this a gender double standard and i think that's why it's been such an interesting discussion topic because a lot of people have said well if the roles were reversed gender roles we're talking about would people still feel the same way? Well, when we watched it, I think what was most upsetting to me was that the other two judges and Katy Perry herself, she cheered and held her hands up in a victory kind of a way, uh, you know, well, it was I like, did I it. I scored a goal, I did it. I scored it. a goal, exactly. Yeah. 
And it that kind of shocked me. And I know I'm in a different generation. So I'm looking at that and thinking, and the two men are, and then they give her the high five. And one of them is taking a photograph of it. And they're so excited about it. And I agree with you that if the genders were reversed, this is a young girl and there's a boy, would, would this be going on? I'm not, I'm sure it wouldn't be going on actually. Um, so raises the question really about how do women, older women in positions of power, handle that in terms of their sexual roles. And again, we go back to this is Katy Perry's first time, but she seems somewhat insensitive to where this young man was in terms of the impact of the kiss. Right. And I think that's more the thing. You know, we're not here to like moralize about Katy Perry being a bad person. It is about questioning, you know, how is this being perceived? How how do instances like this get perpetuated? And I think to underscore in all this is it's very important that the person for whom the experience happened to, they get to define whether or not they experience that as sexual harassment or not. And Benjamin has decided, at least at this point, that it was not, you know, and we need to respect that. I think it is an interesting thing to talk about in terms of the dynamics, though, and and what could play into him defining it that way or not defining it that way. And I think you bring up the other point, too, which is that Katy Perry obviously is in a position of power there, and it, it really it brings up the question of, you know, some people say, oh, well, you just put a woman in power and a lot of these problems will solve themselves. But I really don't think that. I'm not saying that I don't think women should not be in power, right? I don't want that to be taken out of context. I do think, though, that it's really about what are the behaviors and the actions that are that are showing the values and and setting a tone for what is expected and what is normalized or not normalized. And the first kiss that was exchanged between them, the kiss on the cheek, is uh, more of, you know, a respectful, keeping distance, maintaining boundaries, and not perceived in any way as a, a shock or a violation. You know, it's interesting. I think the young man was trying very hard in his open Twitter tweet to really define himself and to say, look, it wasn't a violation. It helped my career. It may not have been something that he wanted, though. So I think it's a question of whether it's unwanted versus not liked, you know, and he may have liked it, but it wasn't something that he wanted, asked for, consented to, or anything like that. Well, I think that's the thing, too. It really brings up, you know, in an age when Me Too is raising the concepts of enthusiastic consent, it's very clear he's not enthusiastic (laughs) about it. And in fact, he seems to be going through a very quick mental processing of what he should do and weighing out his options in that moment. Because, you know, she says, come here, right after finding out that he's never been kissed. And he's just obviously very taken aback and like, what is happening? Do I want this to happen? I'm not sure. And you can see a lot of this kind of on his face, you know, and as therapists, we read people's expressions. And so that was something I was very acutely aware of. And then he is the one who sort of suggests like on the cheek. And so she smiles. And so it it appears to be, okay, yes, this is an agreement and this is how it's going to go. And so, you know, he's he 
he engages with it, but he clearly is also not quite sure that he wants even this to happen because the way he kisses her is not like a fully engaged, is not enthusiastic. And she comments on it. You know, you didn't even make the smoosh sound or something like that. And that's when, you know, they basically redo it. And that's when she turned her head and the whole thing ensued. And we're just recovering, I think, in some ways as a world and as a nation from looking at male entertainment figures involved in this. Right. And putting young uh, actresses who in positions where individuals in power, males in power, are over them, and then request that they do things. So I think that is in everybody's mind when they really look at this. I think it also counters the myth, uh, or, you know, really confirms the myth that or women in power um, would do it differently. And you really look at this, and they're not necessarily, Katie's not doing it very differently. You know, the only thing I think that might have been different with men is they might have grabbed more, touched more. You might have seen more action really going on with this. Uh, but I, I think women in power sexually, and she's in a position really of sexual power, you know, have to think about it very carefully. Um, power is, you know, attractive to younger people, and they have trouble doing what Benjamin did, really thinking through quickly, how should I respond, what's best for me in this situation? It's not that easy to respond to people in power when they're commanding you to do something that's romantic, sexual, or even otherwise. Right, and I think that, for me, and watching it is what is so problematic is that the people, it, again, it's an example of the people who, quote unquote, should be the ones managing things, the ones with the power, they're all normalizing this behavior. And they're not paying attention to the fact that this young man clearly is not comfortable, doesn't really want to be engaging in this, and is having to calculate whether or not this is worth doing. What also brings up for me, Jennifer, you know, I've worked with a lot of adolescent boys, not unlike Benjamin, uh, who have struggled with sexual abuse with uh, women in their 20s and 30s often, and their reactions to it. And the reaction is, hey, that's from the guy world can be, that's a great thing. You were so lucky to score this beautiful, experienced woman. You should be grateful or delighted or very positively affected by this. And that's not been my experience with a lot of adolescent boys that have, you know, their response has been, it was kind of taken out of my control. I don't know where I'm at sexually now with all of this. Um, it slows them down in their own romantic advancement because the woman's kind of overpowered them in this way. At least that's what I've learned from my work with them. And uh, I think it makes it difficult, more difficult for boys. And when we watch Benjamin, his face, you know, you see the, the beginning of this processing going on. Right. And, and that's exactly the thing, I think, is that, you know, he obviously has some of these romantic ideas about a first kiss. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And in a way that was taken from him by Katy Perry. 
And I don't think she was maliciously doing it, but I do think that it happened. And I think it's very interesting, too, in the New York Times article, they talk about how he went home to his friends and they've redefined that it's not a first kiss. It's only lip contact because a a first kiss, you know, is more romantic than that. And it wasn't romantic. And to me, the fact that he needs to go home to his friends and redefine these things tells me that what happened to him, he wasn't okay with and he's trying to make sense of it. And he's come to the conclusion, so because it was just lip contact, it's fine. It doesn't take away my first kiss. But obviously, he's having to go through this process of redefining something so that he can have it back. You know, I couldn't agree more, Jennifer. Um, I also think that in our culture um, that focuses so much on intercourse as sex, we lose the moment, really, of that first kiss. And um, many children, adolescents I've worked with have talked about how important that is before they engage in it. They fantasize about it. They think about what kind of kisser the boy or the girl would be. You know, it's, a, it's a big part of the sexual and romantic world of children today and adolescents. Well, I so, think it's one of the few rites of passages that we, we still hold on to. And so then it becomes elevated in importance in that way and value. Uh, And, you know, it's always, I think it's always been that way, really, for young people. I think about Shakespeare writing so beautifully about Romeo and Juliet at 14 and how they think about their kiss and their lips meeting and what that means for them, that really the joining of two people, at least in heart and mind, if not in body, but it's very, very important, I think, for young people. And I do think you're right. It's funny that Katy Perry sang a song that's so much about kissing, you know, but she's surely not thinking about this aspect of it when she kisses Benjamin. Yeah, and for me, that's the part that when watching it, you know, I'd I'd like to laugh at it, but there's this part of me that is like, I don't feel comfortable. And I think it was helpful for me to sit back and go, well, what about this makes me so uncomfortable? I mean, because the way it's presented, I think what I realized is the way it's presented is supposed to normalize this as like, oh, how funny, what a great time, you know, it's so wonderful, like, and he gets this attention, like, it's great for everybody involved. And to me, that's part of the system of normalizing behavior that isn't appropriate. And so I think that makes my skin crawl, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I think that part is very much there. Um there's the assumption, I think, in Katy Perry's mind and in those the other judges that this is a very good thing and he's automatically going to like it. And, you know, having seen a lot of victims of male abuse, both boys and girls, you know, that is often the assumption of the individual engaged in the abuse, that because I like this, I think it's a great thing. Of course, it's going to be a great thing for this other person. And it's not necessarily true unless you think about it, try to put yourself in their mind and talk to and interact and communicate with them. And if you and I could figure out, of course, we are therapists, but if we could figure out that he was not quite willing 
we wonder really where her head was in all of this. Well, that's the part for me, too, is looking at the other two judges. You know, one of them is taking this selfie of this happening. You know, so so what we typically do, I think I mentioned this in another podcast episode, is we look around at the people when we are unsure of a situation to feel like we're on the same page. And so I was talking about, you know, the smoke in the room experiment and how some people will just keep sitting in that room with the smoke filling it because the con- the Confederate, the the person who knows about the experiment is pretending like everything's fine. And so I feel like that's an example again of the people in power, the people who are responsible for setting the tone. They really did not see it as problematic either. And and it reminds me of a lot of, you know, the work we do with students who are abused by teachers, you know, where the, the adults around them, the other people around them are normalizing it, or at least not taking it very seriously. And that makes it very hard for somebody to make sense of something that doesn't feel good internally Because even Benjamin, when he was interviewed, does say, you know, I was uncomfortable immediately. And, you know, so he's clearly aware that he's not okay with it, but he's sort of also feeling this pressure to have to accept what happened to him. And that gets back to the pressure that we put on boys, I think, around these situations. I think how we could think about this differently. Uh, First, I think American Idol has to think about that they put this out there as their opener show, and there was no commentary, no introduction. They had filmed it months before, so they knew about that, you know, that it was going to go that way. They might have filmed it even with a commentary about it afterwards, where they talked a little bit about it. I think that might have been a sensitive way to really look at this. It would have at least shown that they thought about it and recognized that it was going to have this type of reaction. I also think we have to commend Benjamin, you know, this young boy who's now 20, that he's really able, he was able to react appropriately. You know, he's not engaged in a hostile struggle with this, but he really wants to let the world know how he feels about it. And I think he deserves to be commended for his response in that group up there. He's the one who is responding very normally. And if we're going to normalize anybody's behavior, I'd say we go with his. And I think he helps us see how boys might feel when this happens to them. You know, this is they're puzzled about it. They're wondering why the other two men are cheering. You know, it's a strange reaction, and, you know, he does not exactly know how to respond to it. So I think he deserves another audition on American Idol, if we're really thinking about it, because this was not, you know, you take away his power like this, and then expect him to do a good job. Um, And by power, I mean his control and his participation and his will and all of this. And um, I, I do think with sexuality and sexual intercourse, kissing, romance, all of it, your will is very important in it. The part you put into it, you know, is very important. It's really a meeting of people's wills and how they work it out together. And that was not what we saw in this. 
No, and I think it's an example of how embedded some of these ideas are in our culture that, you know, they would choose this for their opener. Obviously, they're wanting to get attention from it. They're obviously not taking it very seriously. And because it is such a big show with such a large platform, it does normalize that for a lot of people. And, you know, I think it's great if for Benjamin, he's like, okay, I went through that. I'm not defining it as sexual harassment and I'm, you know, moving on with my life in this way. And I'm grateful for the attention that it's bringing me. I do think, though, what about for the people who have a similar experience but but have a different reaction? You know, then it's normalized. It's part of a silencing mechanism that happens where a lot of boys don't feel they can talk about being abused or they can't even see themselves as being abused because, I mean, we've had a whole other episode on it, but because it's it's such a complex thing to even accept that the experience happened and you weren't okay with it. And the assumption is that men should be okay really with any sexual experience. You know, and though we haven't mentioned it yet in this program, the largest amount of abuse of men occurs with other men. And men are not in large amount okay with that. They're really not. You know, so even this, I think looking at the situation with women, it has to be looked at again and looked at pretty carefully. Well, I've also talked about, too, where I do actually believe that there are more women that are abusing and that our society doesn't define these experiences as abuse. And so I'm not saying like, yay, look at all these women abusing. What I'm saying is I do think that in redefining how we, how in, I'm using the same words, but like in, in redefining abuse is particularly by a woman to a boy or a man. I think that if we had a definition that was more equal to how we define it when it happens from a man to a girl or woman, I think you would actually find that the rates of abuse are much higher. Right. No, I agree with you. And I think also when individuals like Katy Perry, who's achieved such a degree of fame, are in that situation, you know, her assumption might have been, of course he liked it, you know, instead of thinking possibly other thoughts there. You have to stay open to just because I'm famous or I'm the heroine or I'm in charge here, of course they're going to love this. That's not necessarily the case. And I think that's the part for me is I really wish she, you know, maybe started out on this track thinking it would be great and it would be so fun and that she had really been engaging with him and therefore able to recognize like this kid is not comfortable. Benjamin does not want this to happen. He doesn't even really want the cheek kiss to happen. But it's sort of like a compromise that he's made. And if she had seen that on the show, she wouldn't have pursued it to really the second part, which looks more like a direct violation. And she might have said, you know, you're a wonderful young man, Benjamin. Someday you're going to have this, and it is going to be that kiss for you. It's it's coming. It's there in your future. Right. And then she would have seemed like a benevolent you know, person, mentor in that role who was really saying it's coming for you. 
example, it also would have been a great opportunity to model what it looks like to be actually attuned to the person you're engaging in this type of process with, because that's really what consent is about: is recognizing where the other person is coming from, and not just what you're wanting and what you think would be great, but really checking in and going like, "Are they okay with this?" Exactly. Because he's. It's not like they're subtle. <laughs> At least. You know, for a lot of people watching, his body language—he may—he may not have outright said no. I don't want this to happen. Although he pretty clearly makes it clear that he doesn't want it to happen. So it's really also talking about building in that body language as as one of the ways in which you're speaking. And being attuned to the body language, really, of younger. People, you know, and people in positions of less power, you know, I think you really then not just tuning into your own desires and what might be there and what's involved with all of that. You know, I think we all have to learn that. So this is a good time, I think, for our listeners to think about this. Not everybody has to run out and see this, you know, the uh, online tape about it, but it's really a great experience to think about as it pertains to men. And to younger people. Well, I think it's also about, again, because it's such a big platform. It's really important that people with that type of platform think about how their actions either normalize, or you know what message they're sending. I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jennifer. It's uh, we'll get back to it, and it was not just one kiss. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Lynn. Take care. Let's talk about sex.